0: Welcome to The Sauce, a St. Louis restaurant podcast. I'm Liz Wolfson. I'm Mira Nagarajan. Welcome to The Sauce. Welcome,
1: welcome, welcome.
0: Mira, what have you been eating this week? Okay, for this week
1: in eating, I was going to mention my recent trip to Trattoria Marcella. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a soft spot for it because after I got engaged, we had like a little celebratory dinner there. So I have good feelings about that place. That's nice. Yeah. And my dad really loves it because he is a diner that has big expectations for portion. He ordered a dish. It was this rigatoni with a pink sauce, grilled shrimp, cauliflower, and sun-dried tomatoes. And it came out in this bowl like It was gigantic. It it could feed 10 grown adult people. That's just the way it's going to be over there. So he loved that.
0: It's a place of generosity. Yes.
1: They want you to be satisfied. Have fun. They're doing it. So I got um, their version of like a shrimp scampi. Mm -hmm. That's my go-to there. What surprised me was I got their Brussels sprout, shaved Brussels sprout salad that had cheese in it and roasted almonds. Super crunchy, fresh, really, really good. And it had this lemon rosemary vinaigrette. Love that. My husband and my mom are both strict vegetarians. And I noticed that the person who was our server that night he just did such a great job of asking enough questions to be totally clear on what their needs were. Mm-hmm. Like, can you eat gluten? Do you eat dairy? I mean, some people who say they're vegetarian also eat fish. Do you eat fish? And it was just like very clear mm-hmm. communication mm-hmm. to where they didn't have to explain anything. They just had to answer a few questions mm-hmm. and we were all on the same page. So I really appreciated the level of attention. Mm-hmm. One thing I will say about Trattoria Marcella is they have this Horribly kept secret of the off menu lobster risotto that is a delight to order. Mm, yum. Because it's not on the menu. The server doesn't talk about it being a special. It's sort of one of those dishes that if you know then you know to order it. They always have, at least last time I checked, they always have the ingredients to make the lobster risotto. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like a wink and a smile, like, you know what it is over here. You Mm -hmm. know how we do it. Uh So it's like, you can feel like an insider when you order the off-menu lobster risotto. Mm -hmm. My dad really gets a kick out of that when he has done that. And it's very good.
0: And there's a very special dessert at Trattoria Marcella, as I understand.
1: Yes. So... The Sugary, which was a bakery that had a long history. I had been to weddings where I ate cake that was made by the folks at The Sugary. They closed their bakery. But a sauce favorite that they used to make was their coconut cloud cake, I think it was called. Mm -hmm. Michelle Volansky, who works with us at Sauce, brought it in. We became obsessed over this cake. It was super light, white cake with this white frosting and coconut shavings, mm-hmm. and it really was—it really was a cloud cake. It was so light.
0: Yeah, cloud is like really the right descriptor for. I mean, it's white, so it looks like a cloud, yes. but it also has the texture that you imagine a cloud would have. Yeah, it is an instance of truth in in advertising, and it tastes
1: really. Really good. Yeah. And she was telling us that on a recent trip, when she went to Trattoria Marcella, they had it on their dessert menu that they had a a coconut cake of some kind. And she ordered it because she is into that and noted that it tasted and looked and resembled the sugary version and confirmed with her server that, in fact, they had gotten a hold of the recipe before the Sugary closed because they wanted it to live on.
0: Yes. And as I remember, the story part of it is that the owners of Sugary are regulars at Trattoria Marcella. And so they were they were happy to share with a, a restaurant that they frequent. So fans of Sugary Bakery generally and that that particular cake, just yet another reason to go to Trattoria Marcella. Yeah. It was a good time. That's great. Where did you go? Um, Well, I have gone to a couple places. My husband and I have a few go-tos when we are in the mood for carryout delivery, and one staple in our house is Thai Two Hundred Two. It's just always exactly what you want, what you expect, super consistent super delicious they have this pork bun that i always get that's like a a little steamed bun very soft pillowy speaking of clouds mm-hmm. and filled with absolutely delicious like i would call it like barbecue pork adjacent mm-hmm. like not exactly that but like very sim- like similar love that always get I always get two, one to eat immediately and one to have as a leftover.
1: Planning ahead is essential.
0: Yes. I love their green curry. I like to get it with tofu. It's quite spicy. We always get the chicken satay. My husband gets the mixed fried rice that I think has like seafood and chicken and like different proteins. He's like a fried rice fanatic. Fried rice is always his go-to. He loves Thai 202s. So... Yeah, it was just a great weeknight meal that always leaves us with with leftovers and that we really love. And then also I have been doing a semi-weekly like writing group with a friend of mine and we've been meeting at the newly relaunched, I guess, Gelateria Coffee Company on South Grand which I think was formerly maybe like the Gelateria de Leon. Like it had gelateria in the name, but the name has shifted slightly. It has new ownership. And the new owner is an alum of Union Loafers. Yes. He is a just fantastic baker, has completely redone that menu. Of course, they still have gelato, but the new pastry program is fantastic they have a chocolate babka that i almost always get because i love babka and their babka is really great and there's really chocolatey it's super chocolatey and there's not a lot of babka in st louis i mean now that deli divine is open they also have a babka so babka has recently returned to st louis babka on the rise yes babka on the rise the coffee program is really great you can get a great cup of coffee. Of course, the interior at the Gelateria has always been one of its highlights. And, you know, that remains, I would say, like, mostly the same as it's been. They have a beautiful back patio. They have a lovely upstairs, which is great for quiet work. So yeah, I've been going to the Gelateria and really loving it. I love it too. They have... Uh, breakfast sandwiches and savory things
1: in addition to their upgraded pastry program. I love their pizzetti, which are like the mini little pizzas on that pillowy dough. And it's got ricotta and tomatoes. And it's like, it's so good because if you're there in the morning and you're having your pastry and coffee and then your work spills over into lunchtime, it's the perfect, it's the perfect lunchtime. Absolutely. You can do both. I was going to add separately. But recently, we've both gone to Black Mountain Winehouse. Yes. They're in the West End Grill and Pub space. Right. And they are the second location for their company, I suppose. They have an original Black Mountain Winehouse location in Brooklyn. Right. And they have a St. Louis connection, which is why they opened this location. And... I think the foundation is they're a wine bar. They have small plates, cheeses. They have a couple of cocktails, but they're really focusing on the wine. And they have a really interesting, nice wine list. Yeah. They have 20 wines by the glass, ranging from $9 to around $14 or $15. So you have some variety. Mm-hmm. Interesting regions. We saw Greece on the menu, mm-hmm. South Africa. hmm You know, you had a
0: wine from Portugal. Portugal, yeah. I had the orange Vino Verde, which orange wine, I'm putting orange in quotes. It's orange in color, but the reason it has that color is because it is fermented with the grape skins. And so it's also called orange wine or skin contact wine. So I had an orange Vino Verde, which... I had never seen an orange vino verde before. And I I love Vino Verde usually, you know, a great style native to Portugal. A little fizzy, a little effervescent, but not like not fizzy like champagne. Champagne Right. It's a little It's spritzy. It's spritzy. It's spritzy. And it was great. I really I enjoyed it and I was excited to see a really robust Selection of orange wines. You know, wine people who I've talked to recently have noted the increasing popularity of natural wine here in St. Louis. And it's a really exciting trend. And I mean, it's hard to call it a trend because it's been around for several years at this point, but still growing. In pop, you know, still into it. People are into it. It's still on the rise. So the orange wines kind of like fall into this newer category. You know, you're starting to see more on wine lists pop up, but I think what makes Black Mountain Winehouse unique is that it's not just like one or two. They have quite a few. I mean, it's really a robust section of their their menu. So a great place to try orange wine if it's something you haven't dipped your toe into yet. Yeah.
1: I didn't have a very adventurous wine when I went. I had a Chenin Blanc. It was a French wine. But they did have on special this rosé by the glass that was like a 20-year-old cellared rosé that they bought one case of. It was $18 for the glass. But that showed me that they were interested in sourcing things that are a little different and maybe might surprise people. And I thought that was nice. Yeah. I didn't try much of the food when I was there. I had a fromage daffinois, which was a soft French cheese. They offer $7 for one cheese or three for 17, which when I'm drinking wine, the best thing is cheese. I mean, it's not news. It's not breaking news. This isn't advice that's special. It's just the way it is. There's a reason it's a classic wine and cheese. So I also got their roasted tomato dish with breadcrumb and parmesan. And I was like, this is nice. I mean, I want more cheese generally. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> so I think next time my go to lineup would be the three cheese plate mm-hmm. and whatever wine is like, you know, looking interesting. Mm-hmm. I will say that the design of the restaurant is, I would describe it as vintage Midwestern barn.
0: Yes. That's it is, good.
1: <laughs> there's like Midwestern landscapes with wild horses running freely. I will say if the wine list is interesting and the cheeses are abundant. That's about all I need from a wine bar. I think that's fair.
0: And Black Mountain Winehouse is next to, it's right next door to the Gaslight Theater. So it's a great location. I mean, of course, to check it out, you know, just for a drink and snack is, you know, great. But for theater goers, I think it's nice to have, you know, a place either before or after a show to pop into. So good totally. location. Yeah. So that was This Week in Eating. Mira, what's on our hit list this week?
1: Hit list for this week, or newish restaurants that we love, are Bowwood and fordo's Killer Pizza, which are both under the niche food group umbrella of restaurants. They were both on our Best New Restaurant list in the December 2022 issue. and. We love both. I mean, Bowood, I'll start with is in the Bowood farm space Mm -hmm. where Cafe Osage used to be. And they took over that space. They did a renovation to it. It's, you know, still that sunny, beautiful space. The thing that is so incredible about it is the back patio. I don't care if it's hot or cold. If that patio is lush and green, I will make myself uncomfortable to be out there because it's so beautiful. They have all these like baby fruit trees and flowering plants that Bowood Farm sells Mm. out there on display. There's this incredible hydrangea creeping up the brick wall. They have a few tables out there with umbrellas so you're in the shade, but it is just an idyllic, truly, truly picturesque patio. And- The food is great. We love. We do love. We've gone for brunch a number of times Mm -hmm. separately. We Mm -hmm. should go to brunch together. Oh, yeah. But they have a couple of carryovers from Sardella, which was a restaurant in Clayton that Niche Food Group operated. One of their popular dishes that they brought over to Bowood is their cacio e pepe eggs, Mm -hmm. which are soft scrambled eggs with pecorino cheese, black pepper. There's a You know, a bright side salad to go with it. It's so good. And there are pancakes, which are essential to order for the table just because you need something sweet. I don't need a whole stack of pancakes, but I like having a little bit with my coffee. Mm -hmm. And I think we're both big fans of the oatmeal.
0: Yes. Love that oatmeal. It comes in the cutest, teeny tiny, mini cast iron Dutch oven. It's a lovely oatmeal, a little sweet, you know, perfectly cooked, you know, has a little toothsome. It's not like total mush. And it's got a whole different host of dried fruits. I'm especially remembering dried apricots because I love dried apricots. I want to say some like maybe nuts and seeds. I mean, it's just like beautifully garnished. It's a very. I think people are like, why would I order oatmeal at brunch? Because that's something I can make at home. That is true, but a very special oatmeal like this really is a great weekend brunch experience, I think.
1: I love a dish like that where you can customize bite to bite. Oh, yeah. It's it's so fun. Every bite is a new adventure. In addition to the pancakes, which I think are really, really excellent. Suji Shaw is their pastry chef, and she does a number of things on their pastry offerings that I think are notable. They've had a brownie or a chocolatey tart type of thing that I've had in the past that was really good. At one point, they were doing a rice pudding on their dessert menu for dinner, which was remarkably good. Mm -hmm. It's like almost custardy because it's like really rich and thick and then they had some sort of a fruit compote on top that was so good. They have all the pastries. If you're a pastry person, they have some really nice, quality, consistent offerings that aren't to be missed. Yeah. At, on the dinner side, they have a pizza oven outside. So they're making pizzas. They have a, a ramp pesto cavatelli on the menu. and Their cavatelli is super good. And ramps are... In season,
0: it's ramp time, y'all. Get some ramps. Get ramp, some ramps. ramp it up. <laughs> 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 That's not the only ramp dish. They have a couple of other ramp
1: things on their menu right now.
0: Yes, they have a ramp tartine appetizer. They have a, a pizza with charred ramps on it. So yeah, lots of ramps abounding.
1: Yeah. Ramp season is fleeting. It's like a garlicky green, almost like somewhere in between a scallion and garlic. Yes. So if you see ramps, try it out because until next year, it's not going to be around. Oh, Here and gone. Similarly, at Forto's Killer Pizza, they also have a ramp pizza on special. Oh. I had it last year for Mother's Day. I went with my mom and my family, and they had a ramp pesto on a pizza with mozzarella cheese and then shaved thinly shaved mortadella that was so, Mm, so good. But their pizzaiolo, who is Joe Lucky, Mm -hmm. what a name. Such a name. He does a ton of creative pizzas at Porto's Killer Pizza, Mm -hmm. and- I've had the margarita. I think we went as an office and got so many things. Yes,
0: we got so many things. The one that stands out in my memory is the prosciutto pineapple. It's the Hawaiian. The Hawaiian,
1: yes. Yes. which
0: The Hawaiian, which they do with prosciutto and pineapple. Yeah,
1: but it's not just pineapple chunks. They roast the pineapple, turn it into a sauce, and that's the base, which is like so clever and so great. At Forto's, I think the whole idea of the restaurant is we're making pizza. There are some serious techniques that are tried and true that we're implementing, but it's not Neapolitan in the way where it's strict and it's like we're measuring the dough and this amount of mozzarella in grams. And it's not like a rigid
0: right. structure. They're having fun we should mention, I feel like we didn't say this, that it's in the city foundry. It's in the city foundry. Um, You can get your pizza and eat it right there. You can get your pizza and put it in your car and take it home. The other thing that's so great about Fordos is they are even doing their own cute little like wine beverage program there. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is a bar at the city foundry, the kitchen bar, you know that has a very robust cocktail, beer, wine selection, etc. But at Fordo's, they have their own wines. They have, I believe, some wine in a can. They,
1: yeah, they had a few canned wines. They had a couple of canned cocktails, including an Amaro Spritz. Yes, and that just enhances the experience. They also have gelato that they serve. If you've been to Pastorio, which is also a niche food group restaurant, they, they offer a wide range of gelato flavors and they've carried that over here. And it's a good time. I feel like they do a lot of, I love that the creative approach means that you're getting pizzas like. Shakshuka pizza or the jalapeno popper pizza that was a recent special. Or we love the wild mushroom pizza with Taleggio and garlic and all kinds of different mushrooms on there. And it's consistently good. And if you're in City Foundry, like you mentioned, it's sort of a reliable, shareable option. If you're there with a few people, get a few pies and just hang out.
0: Yeah. Very fun. So where are we headed next? Next. I will be checking out the newly opened diner at Marsh, which is on South Broadway. Marsh is an acronym. It stands for Materializing and Activating Radical Social Habitus. And it's a co-op, the Marsh co-op. And what that longer name gestures at is that they are really trying to think about food systems in a very holistic and transformative way. They have their own gardens that they have completely transformed these large empty lots on South Broadway into these beautiful food gardens. They have three of them all you know in proximity to the co-op which is a grocery store and now the diner they're harvesting all the food and using it selling it in the co-op selling the produce in the co-op using it for the food that they're making for the diner in the co-op they also sell like pre-made like grab and go items everything is available on sliding scale it's pay what you can In the diner, they're, you know, I know that they're trying to make food that's both, you know, healthy and delicious. I understand it's served buffet style and sold by weight. So it's sort of like buy as much as you want, buy as much as you can, pay what you can on the sliding scale. And, you know, they're doing a lot to engage the neighborhood, to, you know, have conversations with neighbors, to know what neighbors want in their you know, area grocery store. They're doing a lot. They do events. They do performances. It's a very active and unique space. And I know from when I went when they first opened in 2020 that the diner was long a part of the vision for Marsh. You know, I think pandemic time conditions just slowed the opening of that part of things. So, I'm excited for them that they finally got it going and I can't wait to check it out.
1: That's so cool.
0: It's neat. It's a cool thing.
1: That's also like you said, it's so unique.
0: It's just inspiring to see folks who, you know, are thinking about food justice, food service, making food, selling food, you know, just from a different a different perspective. Yeah.
1: And figuring out ways in which to like be more inclusive and welcome the community into their space. Yeah, definitely. Love that. Well, I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to go to Sydney Street Cafe. Beautiful. Their chef and owner is Kevin Nashon, who won a James Beard Award for Best Chef Midwest a few years ago. And Sydney Street Cafe is notable, what he's known for, and has been... Operating that restaurant, I think he took it over from the previous ownership in 2008 and has maintained that restaurant in the minds and hearts of its regulars and also made it a new, fresh, and exciting place for new diners. They do fine dining. If you've never been, I highly recommend it. One of the things that I love when I do get to go there is their lobster turnover appetizer. It's sort of like a creamy lobster mix inside of a spanakopita flaky shaped triangle. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Never miss that. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a dessert person, I've already taken careful note of their dessert menu. Mm, mm -hmm. I can't wait. I think it's going to be such a good time. Also, again, I have so many good memories at that restaurant. I know so many people who got engaged there, who, you know, announced like big news there. It's just one of those places that, you know, inspires people to celebrate. So I'm excited to go.
0: Oh, Well, I'm excited for you. And I can't wait to hear the rest of your order afterwards.
1: (laughs) Okay, so that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. If you like what we're doing here, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thank you for tuning in. Thanks so
0: much. We'll see you next time.
1: Links and location information to all the restaurants mentioned in this episode can be found in our show notes. Our audio engineer is Alejandro Ramirez. Additional reporting for this episode was done by Ian Shaw, Michelle Volansky, and Lauren Healy. Find new episodes of The Sauce every Wednesday. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts.